first reading is Psalm 100, a nice short palm, psalm for giving grateful praise. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his We are his people, the sheep of his pastures. Enter the gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Second reading is from Luke. Chapter 7, verses 11 to 19. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus travelled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priests, And they went and were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Well, friends, good morning. Um, My name is Greg Burke, and I used to work here. As uh, Matt said, I want to thank Matt for the invitation to Uh, speak at this service and teach you from the Bible. It's a great privilege. Uh, Double privilege for me. I bring you greetings from uh, the folk at St Anne's at Ryde. And uh, the last time I had a church morning tea was in early March this year. Today is a double bonus for me and I'm very thankful for that. Uh, It's great to meet with you and it's great to see uh, some faces who are familiar to me and to see also many faces that are not. And that's uh, always a good thing. Church is a dynamic and growing community. Um, Today, of course, and every day is a gift from God that we accept with grateful hearts. So I'm going to pray and ask uh, God to help us as we look at his word together. Let's pray for a moment. Uh, God, our Father, we acknowledge with thankfulness today that we are yours. We are your people, the sheep of your pasture. Guide and challenge us today, we pray, by your word. As we hear your voice in scripture, please soften our hearts and strengthen our wills to serve and obey you with joy. We ask for Jesus' sake. Amen. Well, friends, uh, most of us, I guess, have been to a three-year-old's birthday party. We perhaps went to our own, but we've probably been to other ones. The birthday boy or birthday girl is standing at the door. As each guest arrives, they uh, grab the present and they start ripping the paper off. And once they had the gift in their clutches, they ignore the uh, friend who uh, brought it along. 
their, embar- their embarrassed parents are uh, apologising and, and trying, trying desperately to get little Josephine or Johnny to actually say thank you. Uh, nowadays, of course, it seems we have to give each guest at the party a gift, a small gift, as they leave, to say what is often left unsaid by the child of the moment, those important words, thank you. Now, I reckon two- and three-year-olds have got a lot to teach us about human nature. Uh, One thing we learn is that thankfulness doesn't come naturally to people who are basically self-centred. Within a year or two, of course, children learn their manners, of course. Uh, We teach them how to pretend to be, I mean, how to be thankful, sorry. (laughs) Slip of the tongue there. But when it comes to thanking God, it seems we actually are living in a world of three-year-olds. Uh, That's what the Apostle Paul says in his diagnosis in Romans chapter 1. He says that although they, people in general, although they knew God, uh, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. Now, um, that's his general diagnosis. And if you read on in Romans chapter 1, you'll see the terrible consequences that flow from that as the Apostle Paul looks at the human condition. Thankfulness to God is, in fact, one of the distinguishing marks of God's person and corporately one of the distinguishing marks of God's people. Uh, Paul's instructions in 1 Thessalonians 5 are short and to the point. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now, of course, Paul is not saying that life is always rosy or a walk in the park for God's people. Um, You know that's not the case, don't you? You do, from your experience. I know it from mine. Paul is not saying we are to be happy. There is a world of difference between happiness and joy. When things are hard, we can rejoice in the quiet assurance that God is for us. We pray, asking God for help. And in fact, often the hardest times in life, the hardest times teach us the most valuable lesson in prayer, that we depend on God for everything and that God promises his presence with us in the heart much more profound. He walks with us. Now that alone, I think, is cause for thanksgiving in all circumstances. We don't say, great, you know, I've got cancer, great diagnosis, I'm so happy. (laughs) Thank you, God, for my cancer. We don't say that. We look below the surface and we see God is faithful to his promise to walk beside us and to care for us. And we look to Jesus, the one, uh, and we see the one who gave his life for us to guarantee our destination and to strengthen our faith and our hope through the trials of life until we get there. Now, I don't know, some of us have found 2020 a pretty hard year. You probably have, I have. Although things are a little easier now, of course, than um, six months ago, I reckon the uh, response in Victoria, the COVID response, a very successful response, uh, was probably sponsored by Donut King. Um, They're one of the few businesses that have done very well at this, all these double donut days. And in fact, uh, donuts at Top Ride Shopping Centre are selling like literally hotcakes. Uh, Social isolation, of course, though, is harder for some people to deal with than others. Uh, Families are separated and contact is limited. Uh, We have a daughter in Paris and they've just gone back to their second very serious lockdown. And uh, it's hard for her, it's hard for us. 
Uh, we do WhatsApp and um, Skype and those other things. Uh, we can talk, but uh, there's a, big, a world a long way away. We, it seems like we're a long way away. And even the opportunity to grieve the death of a loved one uh, has been restricted. A friend of mine works in Tasmania and in the uh, small uh, town in which she was, uh, she was uh, conducting a funeral for someone in, in the town. And uh, there are only at that stage, I think, 10 people allowed to be at that funeral. This person was a well-known person, well-connected with a large extended family. And so most of the people who would have been at the funeral were standing at their front uh, gate. And then the, uh, the, the funeral uh, cars went around the town. It took over half an hour to do that drive so that people could pay their respects at a distance. This is hard. Um, all of us know, of course, an increased level... Uh, increased level of anxiety and stress due to the presence in our community of this unseen deadly enemy. And for many of us, of course, there is sadness caused by plans abandoned and a sense of loss that comes as we realise that it will take years for things to get what we say are back to normal, air quotes. But we do suspect, don't we, that the new normal will never be exactly the same as the old one that we so enjoyed. Well, what difference does Christian faith make in a COVID-19 era? That's a good question. And I would say it makes a big difference as we take God at his word and engage in a struggle to rejoice as we confidently bring our needs before our God and loving Heavenly Father in prayer. Our difficulties will drive us back to Jesus and we will realise that even in hard times we have so much to be thankful for. So we can turn to the Psalms. The book of Psalms, full of um, songs as I teach my kids in Scripture, uh, this, this book of Psalms, a book of poems, uh, is a great place to go if you want to find somewhere to express how you're feeling, if you express the realities of your relationship with God and other people. You can always find one, probably many Psalms to help you. And today we're going to look at one of the shortest and sweetest Psalms in the Bible to, give, to help us to give thanks to God in all circumstances. Psalm 100. It consists in just five verses. The title very helpfully says it's a psalm, and we knew that anyway, it was in the book of Psalms. It's a psalm for giving grateful praise. And the word used there for giving grateful praise uh, is to offer, is an action word as well as a, a speaking word. It means to both offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving and to give thanks by speaking and praising God. Um, if you've got the psalm on your phone or tablet or whatever you're using or you just have to believe me when I tell you um, it, this psalm opens with a universal call to everybody on the planet shout for joy to the Lord all the earth it's a gospel call actually an evangelistic summons to your neighbours and your extended family members and to the folk at school or in work, your workplace to everyone on the planet to joyfully respond to the Lord L-O-R-D in capitals in our Bibles. We know that means, uh, that's the personal name, to Yahweh, the one true God of Israel, the God we know, the God of his people. And specifically, this first verse, this psalm opens with a call to us as God's people to shout for joy. Now, at the moment, we are going to obey this spirit more than the letter of that call, aren't we? We're not going to be shouting and singing in church so far. But we're going to be shouting and singing on the inside, if that is possible. As you read this psalm, it's easy to work out the occasion for which it was written. 
Uh, many psalms, that's not the case. It's quite difficult. But this one is very easy. It was written for when God's people come before him, we're told in verse 2, when they enter his gates and enter his courts, verse 4. For Old Testament Israel, this psalm was sung as God's people gathered for important religious festivals. And as they processed through the gates of the temple precinct, into the outer court, and then into the inner courts, into the very presence, symbolically, the very presence of God. Now, friends, uh, we don't live in Old Testament times. Things have changed for us. We've come to Jesus. The symbolism of the temple is fulfilled in him. We meet together as God's people. We meet with God. He speaks to us in scripture and we respond together. Now, I don't know if you're still singing a song or you wash your hands for 20 seconds as we uh, follow regulations and recommendations. Um, In the old days, we were told to sing happy birthday twice. But I reckon singing Psalm 100 once would be a better choice, a much better choice. The psalmist says, Worship the Lord with gladness, come before him with joyful songs. Now that word worship actually means to serve God. Uh, It's a much broader word than we often think of it as. Um, It's not about singing. Uh, Worship is accompanied by gladness, which will of course be expressed in joyful songs. But the command to worship God is a whole of life command, to acknowledge God's absolute sovereignty and to serve the Lord as faithful subjects in his kingdom. Now, worship can be very costly. Uh, The early disciples of Jesus acknowledged Jesus as Lord in an empire that said Caesar is Lord. And for that, many of them lost their lives. Uh, Worship is a public declaration that the Lord is God, the one and only God, the only being to whom the word God can rightly be applied. It declares that all other claimants are pretenders, and usurpers. Well, today we worship God as we acknowledge Jesus is Lord. That's the shape of our service. We serve, we worship Jesus. In a world that declares the party is Lord, or the state is Lord, or the market is Lord, true worship always has social and political consequences. I'm not sure how you feel about paying the costs of worship. But the psalm says we're to do it with joy and gladness. Uh, The 16th century hymn writer William Keith set this psalm to music. It was one of the first psalms that was set actually uh, to be sung in churches um, unaccompanied uh, musically. And he wrote the hymn, All People That On Earth Do Dwell. And that hymn includes one of my favourite lines of any hymn. Serve him with mirth, his praise foretell. I love that, mirth. It's a lovely old-fashioned word. Uh, mirth, a rich word, often translated with as gladness or delight or merriment. Now, I'm not quite as old as this church, but I'm getting there. And um, I've got to tell you that I've noticed that in the last, say, at least half a decade, perhaps a decade, I am becoming, I have a tendency to become, a temptation to become a rather grumpy old man. However, Psalm 100 is calling me and you to serve the Lord gladly, not grudgingly. 
to, with joy, not resentment. Cheerfully, not grumpily, <laughs> with mirth and cheerfulness and merriment and laughter. These are marks of true service, true worship, even costly worship. We pay the cost gladly. Well, in verse 3, he invites us to look back into to God's kindness to us as his people. The Lord made us, the psalmist says. We are his. We are his people. We are the sheep of his pasture. In other words, we owe our existence as the Lord's people to his creative act in saving us, fulfilling his promise to call us and to care for us as our shepherd. The Lord is our shepherd. Um, Jesus, of course, picks up that famous Psalm 23 and also Psalm 100, really, in John's Gospel when he talks about, uh, applies this to himself and talks about himself as the good shepherd who gave his life, lays down his life for his sheep. Jesus did that for us and he calls us by name, we follow him. So as verse 4 puts it, we enter his gates, that is we come into his presence with thanksgiving. We give thanks to him and we praise his name. Now friends, we often forget to thank God. I often forget to thank God. One of the brilliant features of Anglican services is what we call a general thanksgiving. It helps us to remember that uh, to thank God for the small everyday evidences of his care for us. There are so many of these things and if we blink we miss them. Hundreds of times a day for power to work and leisure to rest, for all that is beautiful in creation and in people's lives. We take these things for granted as we busily go about our daily lives. But Psalm 100 says, stop and take a moment and thank God for the small, everyday, routine things that come from God's hand, recognizing they do come from the hand of our generous God. But the general thanksgiving prayer also uh, thanks God for the really, really big things, things that we also can take for granted. For your amazing love in giving Jesus to die for our sins, for adopting us as your children, for giving us your Holy Spirit, and for the confident hope of being raised to life with you forever. Psalm 100 says... Don't ever lose the sense of awe and wonder at God's grace. Don't ever lose that, whatever you do. Well, the final verse, verse 5 of this psalm, says that the character of God and our experience of his love is the ultimate reason for our thanksgiving. For, this is the reason, at the end of the psalm, the psalmist tells us what to do. At the end, he gives us a reason to do it. For, because... The Lord is good, and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. The Lord is good. The Lord is good. Not God is great, that's true, <laughs> but the reason we are thankful is because the Lord is good. Friends, we have experienced God's faithfulness and his steadfast love. Even when this psalm was written, God's people had plenty of evidence of his steadfast love and faithfulness. But this side of the cross, of course, we have evidence that is orders of magnitude greater. Our good Lord 
has never let us down and our good Lord will never let us down. So friends, let me encourage you to take this lesson of Psalm 100 to heart as we live in these rather strange times. Uh, that's an answer ride. We are uh, coming now to the end of a series of sermons on Ecclesiastes. For some people, they're very glad to get to the end. It feels like a bit of a depressing read, but, but there, is, there are some great things there and some great jewels and some brilliant truths. Um, in perhaps the most famous passage from that book, the teacher reminds us that life is chaotic and unpredictable. Uh, President-elect Biden quoted from this passage in his um, sort of victory speech or whatever you call it, um, that speech that he made. Um, but he didn't quite make the point, I think, that Ecclesiastes 3 is making. Ecclesiastes 3 is saying times, life is chaotic, life is unpredictable, there are many confusing times in life, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to embrace and a time to maintain social distancing. That is to bring it up to date, right? We can do that. <laughs> you see, right now we're not dancing and we're not embracing. But are we thankful? Each and every one of those times, confusing as they are, each and every one of those times is a time to serve the Lord with gladness with mirth, with delight. Each and every one of these times is a time to pray. And each and every one of these times, whatever the time is for you in your life, is a time for thanksgiving as we experience the steadfast love and faithfulness of our good God. Why? Why is that the case? For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Let's pray for a moment. Will you pray with me? Let's do it. Uh, God, our Father, we acknowledge today before you that there are many times in life when we accept so many good things from your hands, small and large, and we forget to thank you. And so we pray today at this anniversary service when we are so thankful and look back over 68 years of your faithfulness to folk here, uh, we pray that you would help us to serve you with mirth and gladness and delight and to fill our hearts, we pray, with thankfulness for all that you've done for us, small things and large things, and especially with thankfulness for the Lord Jesus. We pray in his name.